0: One of the things I want you to concentrate your mind on. So many people in the charismatic move and church moves are looking for something. And Pentecostalism has this idea that you've got to seek, you've got to fast, you've got to pray, you've got to beat yourself, you've got to boom. But my Bible teaches different and Jesus taught different. And you'll find in John's Gospel, and I want to talk about the fullness of God. Verse 16 says what? And of his fullness, and of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. Now, if you've received fullness, what more is there beyond fullness? Well, what more can you have if you've got a... You know, tell me, what more? If you've got the fullness of God in you, what more can you have? Huh? You, you know, there isn't, an, there, there isn't more than everything, is there? And you see, so often people... I was over in a place and this prophet got up and he said, You know... Uh, as you go on in ministry, you need to change your mantle. I thought, I haven't heard that before. Uh, and then he talked about how you exchange one mantle for another mantle. As you, uh, I mean, look, ministry comes from Christ. He's the anointed one. I don't need to change a mantle unless it's my ministry, not his. And then I'm in trouble. But all of his fullness... Have we all received grace for grace? Amen? And when you're born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, you have the fullness of God. You don't have a bit. You don't have... The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not some liquid that kind of leaks out of you. The Holy Spirit is a per- Jesus is a person. God is a person. Three persons in one God. All right? Don't ever look at the Holy Spirit as an influence. He's not. He's a person. And of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. Amen? Colossians chapter 2. Look, it's not just John who says it. Colossians chapter 2. And it says in verse 8, beware. Now if you see a big sign that says beware. Beware of the bull, beware of the dog. What does it actually tell you? It means watch out, doesn't it? It means don't enter. Beware. Lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. You've got to Beware. Be careful. After the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, are not after Christ. Now, don't let people get you with philosophy uh, and vain deceit. There's something about the charismatic move that's got a kind of philosophical humanism in it. uh, Where you've got to be nice to everyone and you've got to kind of get into a, a... hypocritical attitude. But it said, beware. You don't want that kind of... The world's philosophy is not our philosophy. What the world believes, if you're a friend of the world, you're the enemy of God. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. A carnal mind, that's the mind that thinks the world's way, it's against God's way. That's what the Bible teaches. And, And you've got to beware of that And in the church, it's come in. People now, they don't want church, they want social clubs. Well, social clubs, not church. I don't like social clubs, I like church. In other words, if I want to come, if you want to come to the church, fine, come to the church. But if you want a social club, no. Social activity doesn't bring people into the church. You do understand that. What it'll do is feed them with the wrong idea of what a church is. Hey, we're here to worship Jesus Christ. We're here to abide by the principles and believe in the word of God. I don't want social clubs. They destroy what we're about. Hey, when we meet together, we meet together around the word of God. Okay? Uh, You don't come to church to have a 20-minute sermon and then an hour social club. That's not what it's about. We're here because we want to get our lives conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. We have a purpose in our life to live for him. We're not here to kind of be social workers. Because there's enough money out there being wasted on social work. That's what the government do. That's not what the church should do. What the church does is teach people self-respect. Lift them up and say hey you don't have to be a thief and a robber and a beggar you can lift yourself up there's a god who's able to change your life around and you can be a useful contributor to society instead of a thief from it and that's what christianity is about isn't it god comes to lift us up he comes to change our lives comes to make us strong comes to heal sick bodies comes to deliver the captive. He intends that we make an impact on society. But you don't make an impact by giving people something for nothing. What you do is you encourage them in their deception of life. No one owes you anything. Get up! And if you work with your hands, God promises to bless it. That's what I believe in. Alright? I just want you to know that. Now... The philosophy that's come into the church is a more social than it is Christian. I believe in impacting the community, but let's impact the community with the righteousness of God. Goes on, the rudiments of the world. That's the principles of the world. And Paul, when he writes, he said, beware. Don't let people con you into it. Don't let people persuade you to go. It's an evil way, isn't it? Don't get caught. That's not after Christ. Christ isn't like that. His his philosophy is not anything goes, make peace at any price, compromise, let's get everyone to get, let's unite. It's not that. We unite in Jesus Christ according to the Word of God and the principles of God. We don't unite round some philosophy of the world. We unite round the life of Jesus Christ. To be like him. He came and he bled and died to deliver us from it. And he rose again victorious over it. And Christianity is standing against what's wrong. And I find so many Christians want to say, oh, well, you've got to understand. And there's nothing to understand. Sin is sin. Perversion's perversion. And God is God. Amen? And he's the one we, we follow. He's the one we love. Amen? Don't let us get caught in the wrong thing. Let us live by the right standard. I just, um, it goes on. For in Him, that's in Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's in bodily form. In Jesus Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. In bodily form. That's, there's no more God than is in Christ. All the fullness of God was in him now you do understand that what's so wonderful and then it goes on and explains it and you each one of you are complete in him you've got everything you need for life you've got everything you need for health you've got everything you need for everything in your life your family your home All the fullness of God, you're complete in Him. There's no more. No good reaching out and trying to get more. You've got what, if you've got the fullness, there's no more to get, is there? If the Bible's right, I'll show you more scriptures. Which is the head of all principality, and power Jesus Christ is over all he's in charge of every principality and power let's look on in Ephesians chapter 1 Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right and in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church his head over all things And he's given to the church. My Jesus is head. There's no power, there's no principality, there's nothing that's not under his feet. Today. And I have faith. My faith is in God's dominion. I believe what the Bible says is true. He's head over all things. And he's given to the church. And look what it says. Oh, it goes on. Which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. What does he do? He fills all in all. There's nothing in you God doesn't fill. And he's the fullness of God. See, it's not possible for you to have half of God or a quarter of God. God's a person. It's not possible for me to go and meet Peter Ruck and find only a quarter of him. I get up one morning and walking down the road is his two legs. he's left the rest of him at home. I mean, you couldn't do that, could you? Hmm? His legs wouldn't leave without his body, would they? Hmm? Well, I don't know. (laughs) Um, they wouldn't, would they? You, know, you when you meet a per, you meet the person, and, and God is fullness, and the fullness of God is in Christ, and we have received of the fullness. We haven't received a little bit, we've received the fullness of God. Huh? And he fills all in all. There's no part of you that God doesn't fill and there's no part of someone else that God doesn't fill because when Jesus Christ really comes he brings his fullness to us. Now you might not walk in it but it doesn't affect the fact that it's true. You might deny it but that does not Detract from what God has done. You can walk in the flesh or you can walk in the spirit. You have freedom of choice. But I want to tell you, the fullness of God who fills all in all has done it for you and he won't do any more. It's only a question of your choice of how you live, the way you live, You have the freedom when you're born and filled with the Holy Ghost to live in the fullness of life or you have the freedom to walk in the death. But what God has done is eternal. It's done. And that's one of the most wonderful things. That's why any person, that's why you can put off the old and put on the new. How can you put off the old and put on the new? Why, God's done it all. Find so many people, they live in less than what God has done because they've been taught. Oh, you know, well, yeah, well, you've got to seek this, you've got to seek that. Well, I've got everything, thanks. He's blessed me with all spiritual blessings. Thank you very much. I'm not looking for something more. I'm looking to live. Live in more abundance has difference I'm looking to live my life more fully every day but I'm not trying to get something I've got it all I mean I can't have more than fullness can I nor can you can you have you ever eaten until you're full to the top so full you can't eat anymore your food's so good. You've eaten. It and you've pigged yourself. You know? Has anyone done that? No. I won't embarrass you by getting you to put up your hand. But you know, there's a the time when you just say, "I'm full up to there. I couldn't eat another thing." Have you ever got to that stage? Huh? You greedy people. You get. Like, you eat something. You say, especially if you go out and people keep plonking food on your plate and it's good. And you feel it would be rude to refuse it. So because of courtesy you eat it until... But there's a time, but we've received his fullness. It's just so wonderful. There is no more. He's filled all in all. There are no more you can you have. You feel you'll burst. Now that is the way a Christian lives there's a fullness of joy there's a fullness of life and if you're not living in that I want to tell you there's something wrong with you if inside of you there is not a total fullness when I listen to people say oh I thirst I hunger I thought. Think to them, well, what, are you, what have you received? You can't have received what I got. It's a river of life springing up, it's, it's, it's a fullness that never runs out. That's what Christianity is it's a joy that's everlasting, full of glory. That is Christianity. bursting joy. That's a Christian. Praise is a natural part of a Christian's life. If you can't praise God, forget it. You're not a Christian. Because there's a bursting, overwhelming joy. That's part of life. All all your being is, you've got fullness. What it... All about it's wonderful. Now I've lost my place. Okay, in in uh, where am I? So I, I was at forty-nine. Where? Okay, twenty. I, I'm totally just um, Ephesians one, verse twenty-two and twenty-three. Okay. Uh, Let's go on to Ephesians 3, verse 19. You know the love of Christ, verse 19, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with what? All, All. what? Fullness. Fullness of God. God's purpose is that you know what is the height, the length, the depth, the breadth? Understand with all saints what's the love of God. Why? Because that love, when you understand the love of God and you understand the extent of the love of God, you're filled with all the fullness of God. That's what's it's so wonderful. It's not just oh, you know, God blessed me. So God lives in me. I'm alive. I'm alive in God. Have you got that? You know, know, Christians don't get depressed. There's no, no such thing as depression in a Christian. How can you depress fullness? If you're filled all in all, how can you get depressed? You can't. If you have the joy of God, Jesus said, my joy I leave with you, how can you have misery? Oh, God. Stupid person. Get born again. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you've got the joy of God. We'll go on. We'll look on. Okay, Colossians. Go back Colossians to 2, verse 2 and 3. What's going on? Colossians 2. that their hearts might be comforted in Colossians 2 verse 2, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding and to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Do you know, the reason Christians rise to the top Uh, And let me tell you. Every invention. Every invention. And everything that's really blessed mankind has come from Christians. Because you get all wisdom and knowledge from God. The greatest discoveries have come from Christians. They always will. Because... We have a source of all the riches of wisdom and knowledge. Why? Because we've all received of the fullness of God. That's why a Christian will always end up excelling. Doesn't matter what the world thinks, our way is better. I'll tell you why, because we have the wisdom of God. They have the wisdom of man and the wisdom of man's foolishness. Wisdom of God's most glorious. And that's why every invention, if you look at the greatest inventions through the Industrial Revolution, it was with the Moravians and with the um, Huguenots who were Christians, driven out, spirit-filled. Change. British Empire was built because of the discoveries of the Christians. Gunpowder and that was built, you know, found and all the discoveries of it. Christians. The way that babies were born and forceps delivery. Why it was the Huguenots that did that. Any discovery in medicine I want to tell you, at the back of it all is always the wisdom of God. Everything that's now there are some things in science that would be better undiscovered. The things were destruction, I tell you where they come from the devil. But God came to build up. He came to destroy the works of the devil. I believe we have greater potential as Christians than anyone else in the world. Why? Because we have the riches of all wisdom and knowledge. It's ours. Why? Because we've been filled with all the fullness of God. Do you understand that? Now lots of Christians don't appreciate that's available to them. So they languish in poverty and failure. But you don't have to remain there. You can rise up and say, just a minute. If all the riches of wisdom and knowledge are in God and I've been filled with all the fullness of God and he fills all in all in his church, hey, we have a potential to take over everything. We're winners. That's what I believe in. That's Christianity. It's not this kind of begging bowl mentality Uh, Colossians chapter chapter 3 verse 2 chapter 2 verse 3 in whom I hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge now if you believe they're in Christ and Christ's fullness is in you what have you got inside yourself you've got a source that no one else has got haven't you Hmm? you've got a richness and a wealth Inside of you. But you know, if you don't live by faith, and you don't believe what God says, it's not available to you. It's there. But the only way to access it is by faith. What God has done is done. But the only way you can be a participator and partaker of that divine nature is by faith. And I find so many people are so negative. Their lives are negative, their thinking's negative, their attitude's negative, and therefore they live in a vacuum. It's not that they don't own and haven't got the fullness, they just don't believe to live in it. What God's done, redemption, salvation everything's mine, sanctification, it's mine. God's done it, but am I going to believe it? Now, I don't believe myself into it, I believe what God says, and because I believe what God says, faith becomes living. Because I believe what God has spoken, it becomes mine. Not because of my belief, it's my belief in God's honesty, integrity, and truth. What God has spoken is. Do you understand that? There's a difference. It's, I don't try and claim it. I don't need to claim it. God said it. It's, that's it. I happen to believe what He says is true. Do you understand? That's that's true faith. The faith where you start quoting the Scripture and trying to make yourself believe it is rubbish. I never do that. I never claim a scripture. That's rubbish. But what the Bible says, I I just believe. And because I believe it, God said it, so it is so, I can live in it. But whilst I try to enter into it, I haven't got faith, I've got hope. But when I realize what is said, and lay hold on it in my heart, and rejoice in my God who's done it, it's mine. And I can live in the fullness of it. And that's the difference between believism and faith. Now most charismatics are in believism. They're hoping for it. Most Christians are in that. Hoping for it. That's why they haven't got it. It's glorious. So easy, isn't it? Just believe in what God says. No problem, is there? Well, that, that's easy. That's why go your way, your faith has made you whole. What was the faith they had? I, I know whatever you ask, you'll do it. Why could I say to this man, go and he goes, to another come and he cometh? I know whatsoever you say, it'll be done. His faith was commended. I, have you got that type of faith? I look in my Bible, God said it, that's it. No matter of dispute, no matter of wondering, or or what what I feel, God said it. Hmm. I don't consider philosophy, I don't consider society, I don't consider what I see, I consider what God said. That's good enough for me. What is spoken, that's true, and a story. And that's faith, that's true faith. Too many people live in a faith of hope. I hope it'll be. Well, I hope. Glory to God. Uh, it's all to do with the nature of God, really. Uh, turn with me to 1 John. 1 John 4. Uh, And it says in verse 15, Whosoever shall confess, that means declare that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known, understood, the word there is, and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. We have known and believed the love that God hath to us. Now that is really where the crux of everything lies. Do you really believe how much God loves you? That's really the only question for any man or woman on earth. Do you know how much God loves you? Do you believe it? Do you know it? How much does God love me? That's the real issue in question. We know and believe the love that God has toward us. Glory! To, what a place to be in, isn't it? I know lots of people they struggle over whether God loves them. That isn't an issue. I know and believe. And I know the extent of God's love for me because he's the fullness of God. God sent his own son. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus came and died for me. He wrote, What love? Greater love of no man than this, than he lay down his life for I'm a friend of God. Hey, if there'd been no one else in the world, Jesus would have come for me. I'm special. And if so be a born again, you're special. Do you know that? Really know it and understand it. I understand the love that God has for me. I understand what God has done for me. It's a glorious... That's why miracles and healings happen. Look, disease and sickness can't stand in the face of that. Doesn't mean that I never get sick. I'm not saying that. Goodness me, This over Christmas I caught this flu, my grandchildren shared it with me I caught it first time I think for about 10 years I caught flu I never had real flu I got it this time boom but it doesn't alter the love of God it doesn't alter the reality of God's love and the joy it doesn't alter anything see I understand what Jesus did for me. The love that God has towards us who believe. It's glorious. And that's what every Christian knows. It's all to do with love. If you don't know the love of God, forget it. If you don't understand how much God loves you, you don't understand anything you know Christianity is built on love that's why to be part of the family of God truly of the family of God it's it's to do with love I look and there's one thing I want to know only one thing and that is if people are born of God I know one thing will always happen they'll love me and I'll love them if someone's full of God there's no way I couldn't love them And I know that you can't love like that, and I'm not talking of natural, I'm talking of God love. You can't love like that unless God meets you. You Just can't. But when God meets you, he sheds the love of God abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And that love is a reciprocal love. That's why a true church becomes a family because it's a family of love and care there's something in a true family and that's why you get a church that grows as a family and everyone loves one another families you're just born into it my kids are born into my family my grandchildren are there my, my granddaughter doesn't look at me and say uh, you know she knows she can get anything out of me Got a smile that's winning. You know, it melts an old man's heart. You know, what can you say? She just has to grin. There's something about grandchildren and their grins. Terrible. What can you say? You can't deny. But they're family. Something about family. Um, and when you're born into the family of God there's a light and a life no matter where I go in the world I'll tell you I know who's there because I know that spirit that responds when I met um, Totev first time I met Toto from Bulgaria we couldn't communicate too well he wasn't practiced in his English but I'll tell you what I knew his spirit Wherever you go in the world, you, sometimes you can't communicate. There's a bishop I met over in, um, uh, wherever I was, Caracas. And he'd come down from another place, but he was such a lovely man. He couldn't speak English. But he sat with us, and he just wanted to be with us at breakfast. And, and we couldn't communicate, really. But we knew each other. And that love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. So wonderful. And that's what it's about. Doesn't matter what church I go to, I look for those that are alive in love. And when I come here, I'm not interested in the mass, I'm interested in those who are born of God. Alive in Him. If other people don't want to live that way, well, that's their lookout. But you can't, you can't creep into a family and become a member. You have to be born into it. You can't somehow conform to a load of rules. If you're not born by the Spirit of God, you'll never be part of it. doesn't matter how long you stay. God, by the Holy Ghost, doesn't reveal himself hey, you're just a religious person you might say all the right things you might live all the right things you might do you know, you can be religious and you can be all, you know living along a certain line but that doesn't make you part of the family what makes you part of the family is God's birth, his spirit where you begin to understand how much God loves you you know Jesus died for you personally. You know that he rose again from the third day. You know your sins are forgiven. You know you're washed in the blood of Jesus. You know you're delivered. You're set free. You know you have the fullness of God. You know you're alive. That's Christianity. And outside of that, you're just religious. Or, at best, a seeker. But you haven't found the field with a precious pearl because it's the way it is I mean a lot of religious people that actually if you want to know the truth there's there's a lot of people who if you looked on the outside you'd think they were they live a far superior life to me on the outside but don't look at their inside if you haven't got eyes to see the inside it's not the outward appearance that counts Jesus said there's lots of whited sepulchres full of dead men's bones lots of people on the outside it's what you are inside that's what counts knowing the love of Christ it's an inward life uh, 1 Corinthians thirteen, thirteen 13 taught you know faith, hope and love these three the greatest of them is love, what love? The love God has for me. First love. (laughs) I love him because he first loved me. But I I can't love until I get a revelation of his love for me. How much he loves me. I hear a lot of people saying, oh how I love him. But what is more important to me? Oh how he loves me. He loves me. He... Loves me. <laughs> that, that to me is the most wonderful revelation of all. I, I hear a lot of people boast about how much they love him. <laughs> oh, how he loves me. That's the wonderful revelation. That's what makes you a Christian. It, it, it's totally the reverse of what you'd expect. The world boast of how much they love other people the Christian boasts of how much God loves them totally different I find the religious people boast how much they'll give do you know you can lay down your life you can give your body to be burned but if you haven't got an understanding of this love of God for you it's nothing How much he loves me. That's what counts. It's glorious. I know how much he loves me. Doesn't matter what you think about me. My God loves me. He thinks I'm wonderful. You say, well, he hadn't got much taste. Well, probably he hasn't. But he loves me. He loves me. I know he loves me. And that's what I live by. And quite honestly, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I tell you this, anyone that's born of God will love me too. That's how I spot who's a Christian and who isn't. I wait to see how they react to me. If they don't love me, forget it. They're not Christians. See, you have to have God's love to love me. You really do. That is the truth. You can't love me outside of it, because, you see, there's a different principle working. It's not the world's love. The world loves each other. A thief loves a thief. A religious man loves a religious man. This isn't anything to do with that. This is how much he loves me. And if you live by that, you'll love those that are begotten of God. Can't help yourself. Just can't help yourself. There's something about the people of God. You, you're just one with them. No matter where I go in the world, when I met Tode, the moment I saw him, I went over to him and, hey, I tell you, there was just a break. I met a man who knew how much God loved. I remember one of the things he said, you know, was he was the communists threw him out of his home, they threw his family out onto the street, they took away his church, they threw him out, they took all his possessions, and he said he was walking down the street and three people from the church met him and they started crying. And so he said, don't cry for me, he said, I'm happy. Don't shed a tear for me. God loves me. That's that's a man of faith. Couldn't understand it, they couldn't. Lovely man. Those are the type of people I love. Rest well. But then, who knows? It's a mystery. John's Gospel, chapter 7. I don't believe in anything but the love of God John 7 you know there's a lot of this uh, apostolic ministry to me an apostle is a man who has life who can start with nothing and build what God wants to me an apostle is a man who has the signs of apostleship miracles and spectacular miracles happen under his ministry and without that You can't be an apostle according to Paul. An apostle is a man who's seen the Lord out of due time. And I don't know any apostle who hasn't had a vision of the King of Kings. An apostle is a man who's heard the voice of God from heaven. And I don't know any man who's an apostle who hasn't had a divine revelation and God hasn't spoken out of heaven to him. And if you haven't heard that, you'll never be an apostle and then I said you know such a man was Benson Edo (laughs) you know he just raised up uh, 6,000 churches in 23 years um, between 6 and 7 million members I said you know that's what I call an apostle an apostle is a man called of God equipped of God but a man who's seen Jesus A man who's heard his voice. A man who's heard God speak from heaven. I'm not talking about a, a, a man who's just read their Bibles and God's quick. I mean a man who's really heard God. That's an apostolic call. And there aren't many in the world. Thank God I meet some. And they're wonderful. But not many... But I want to tell you, that is a specific gifting calling, and it, it, it's God's sovereign choice. It's nothing to do with a man choosing or someone electing. Paul, when he was riding the ass on the Damascus road, he wasn't expecting to hear a voice from heaven. The last thing he was expecting. When God first spoke to me in a voice from heaven, I tell you that was the last thing I was expecting. I was trying to prove He didn't exist. Paul was trying to kill the Christians. Strange how usually when God intervenes like that, when Benson Idaho he, he was trying to disrupt a church service and mess the whole thing up by kicking a football through the window. Seems when you oppose, that's the time God. Interposes. Wonderful. But there you are. We won't go into that. Uh, John 7, where are we? Uh, John 7, verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. You get a river of life in you. And it never runs dry. There's never a day when I've known dryness, there's never a day when God, I can pick up my Bible wherever I am on any occasion and I want to tell you that river flows. It's a lie. Why is it alive? Because I'm alive. He lives in me. There's a river of life flowing. It's not possible for it to be dead. Not for a Christian. Jesus said no. When you drink of this spirit, it's a river springing up. It's eternal. And that's what the true baptism in the spirit is. Not speaking in tongues or having it. It's, It's life. Understand that a lot of people have had experiences, but they don't have the river. If you run out, I want to tell you, you don't have the river, it's a river that never shall run dry. Rivers of living water that's running water, glory to God. Um, One Peter, first epistle of Peter. And just in case, when I talk about seeing Jesus, let me make it clear I do not believe in Jesus walking into your bedroom and sitting on the end of the bed Uh, you've had too much cheese before you went to bed if you get that kind uh, nor am I talking with your physical eyes Uh, that's not the type of seeing I'm talking about, if you're thinking like that that's not what I'm talking about I have never seen Jesus with my physical eyes never and Paul never saw him with his physical eyes he saw a bright light that shined and he, <laughs> he found he was blind bright light shined and he found he was blind he never saw with his physical he saw Jesus one out of due time he was caught up into heaven but that's a different thing that's not in your physical being that's in your spirit do understand the difference don't, don't go around screwing your eyeballs up trying to see visions or see things that's not what it's about I tell you, God when he wants to reveal, he'll reveal himself I've never sought a vision, I've never sought to see anything don't believe in it that's a load of rubbish Uh, you know, young men see visions but you see a vision in your spirit, you don't see a vision I've seen visions, I see visions And now I dream dreams because as you get old, old men dream dreams. Uh, But I still see visions. But when I see a vision, I'll just see. But I won't see it with my natural eyes. See it without seeing it. It's not in my imagination because you can imagine anything. That isn't a vision. That's just your imagination. But when your spirit's alive, you can see. It's so real. But that is another realm. That is one of the things when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. But you do understand it's not a natural scene. I'm just making that plain because you understand it here. When it says it here. The trial of your faith being much more precious than gold, verse 7, that perish though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honour and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, in whom... Though now you see him not, yet believing, what do you do? You rejoice. What with? Joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. You know, I, I worry if I don't see joy in a person. Worries me. I mean, the most glorious thing is being saved, being healed, being delivered. Joy! It's, it's wonderful being a Christian. You to look at—we know something they don't know, don't we? Huh? We've got all the fullness of God dwelling in us. Hey, all the wisdom of God is at our disposal. There's nothing. All the world's yours. It's wonderful. And you're full of joy unspeakable, It's full of glory. There, there's a sense in you and, and sometimes you just wake up and it's so wonderful to be alive, isn't it? So wonderful, everything's wonderful. And you know, I know there's people can be nasty, but who cares? You've got joy inside. But oh when Jesus lives inside there's sweetness there's fullness of joy abundance of life and and that's Christianity. If you've got a victim you know everyone's done you down everyone's done you bad. you're up the wrong tree. God wants us to be happy, amen? amen? Full of joy. Life's Wonderful and that's why the murmurers and complainers always were on the perimeter of the camp everyone, they're on the edge of the church they're not, they're not part of the family never will be and the fire of God always fell on the perimeter of the camp, burnt them up judgment Do you want to be part of love how much he loves me and if we love him because he first loved us if you've got first love the love of God for you then you love people and then you won't be in all this complaining, bitterness, moaning truth that's why Christians are separate they're separate people we live a different way hmm? do I care for the lost? yeah I care to tell them the gospel the good news when they come to church they can hear the good news but if they don't want to live that way I don't want to be associated with them I don't want to be partaker of their evil deeds, do you? Hmm? That's really what it's all about. Fullness of joy! Made you jump, didn't it? I'm happy. Hey, is that how you live? Glory to God. Isn't it wonderful? Hmm? If you don't have that fullness of joy, you're not a Christian. See it? That's what it's all about. Fullness of joy. Spirit of sweetness and light. Fullness of joy. Work for a Christian stepping out of this life into glory. It's wonderful. That's what Christianity is all about amen we've all received of his fullness his fullness inside it's wonderful and either you have or you haven't that's what it's all about either it's real for you or it's not amen well that's all I've got to say let's stand um, There's prayer requests. Let's lift our hands to heaven. Father, I just thank you. You're so wonderful. Lord, I just pray for each one. Lord, in your mercy and your grace, quicken, touch and make them alive. Set them free. In Jesus' name. Amen.